hey friends of the pod um we have a special event called the pull-up it's a back-to-school drive starting june 7th and lasting to july 31st we're trying to get as much as much school supplies as we can to fill 200 book bag grocery stuff for kids k through eight um, we want to give them a great school year even though 2020 has been a little rough needs to say so if you want to donate please reach out to me directly or if you want to donate you can also use the cash app dollar sign help kids learn that's dollar sign help kids learn more information you can reach out to the email genius at trulygenius.co that's genius at trulygenius.co um, for more information thanks again please give donate 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 and love, peace, and chicken grease. Welcome to Drew versus the World. Drew versus the world a podcast about living, loving, and laughing, getting inspiration through information. Today we have a um, podcast, two brothers from the Diapers and Haircuts podcast, um, minus their um, tray, I would say. Um, Marcel, he has some other um, op- things to do, but we today we have on Drew and Los. Hey, how you guys doing? What's going on, y'all? Hey, everybody. So first and foremost, I'm gonna crack open the beer on, on the on the thing because let's go. Shout um, out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I heard on you like one of your um the pandemic, I think the earlier pandemic episodes that you guys had, you were talking about 316 day. And um one thing that was funny about that is um there was a meme that went around, I think last year, about uh Justin Timberlake. It's gonna be May. Yeah, that, that didn't hit this year either. I think there's too much turmoil for happiness at this moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, turmoil. Definitely agree. Well, first and foremost, um, I have a new section of the podcast I want to get into before we even get into the get to know you phase. Um, it's the quarantine check in. <laughs> So the quarantine check-in, we're going to have a couple questions that are related to quarantine, and you guys can answer separately, okay? Okay. Okay, first question is, give me one word that would describe your quarantine time, One your time in quarantine. One word? Retirement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if that was what retirement was for me during my point, because like I just went back to work. Um mm-hmm. I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to retirement. Really? It is the shit. <laughs> you know, um, being home, enjoying the house, cooking, grilling, drinking, puffing on cigars, you know, and as bad as it sounds, but you know, you gotta, you still got a check coming in, you know what I mean? And you're, you're living off your savings. That's if you're, you know, dealing with your finances, right. And all that jazz. And um, yeah, man, just sitting back living life. Like you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, my end is a little bit different. Um, it, it turned real busy. My job is essential work. Um, so they up my days from five to six days a week. 
being as though that just, you know, salary or whatever, you know, they pay you the same whether you're there for six days or whether you're there, you know, three two. days or yeah. two or three for the week. Mm-hmm. So my schedule, like, went through the roof. I didn't know what day I had off or, you know, how the schedule fell from week to week. And it was just, it just became busy. Um, I like what I do because, you know, people get to get, you know, get the things they need throughout this quarantine because they couldn't leave out their house and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I was tired, bro. <laughs> so, I was like, so is your one word tired <laughs> my one word is tired yeah. there you go that's a good one um what is one activity that you did during the quarantine that you would want to take out after quarantine well two things one um started picking up homebrewing and definitely want to continue that plight and going with it from there. Um, also, I've gotten very connected with the Black craft beer community. Um, you mm. know, there's a couple Facebook groups out there and stuff like that. And we decided to do, you know, beer happy hours once, twice a week, stuff like that. And we're all just, you know, from different walks of life, different ages, um, family men, family women, you know, whatever. And we're all just talking about craft beer and just talking about current events. So that was pretty dope. That's dope as fuck. So before the whole quarantine, um, last year sometime, I had the bright idea of creating a candle business. Um, So this is before the quarantine and everything, and it kind of died off. Um, I kind of lost some stride with it. But then Mm -hmm. as when the quarantine hit, um, the missus was home a lot more, and we, we bunkered down and we amped up the candle business more, more so. So that's one thing that I'm going forward with. Um, New labeling, new styles of flavors, new uh, wax molds, actual candles, everything. So um, be getting a website together and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're, we're able to accomplish throughout it. And I'm definitely going to take this forward after the quarantine. Definitely. So with the candle business, it, are you, uh, how is your candles different than the, the, the ones out there? It's all natural ingredients. I make them myself mm-hmm. in my home. I can tell you everything that goes in it and I know it smells great because each candle that I put out to the public or I sell mm-hmm. or anything like that, I actually burn in my house. So I know the quality of the candle. So, gotcha. um, and it's, and it's made with like, I guess, dedication and love in each candle that is made. So it's actual, it's a time process. I take my time with the process, make sure that it's done right. And so that way everybody across the board, you know, gets the same quality candle every time. Also it's black owned. How about that? Yeah, there we go. Drew, how about your home brewing, the home brewing? Um, the first glass that you tasted, um, was it dog shit or did it kind of come out like uh pretty smooth the first time ago? Go around. Uh, I will take the first uh answer, Drew. Or um it was such such dog shit to where I haven't told anybody about it until now. So about it. Bottled it, all that stuff. I was like, God damn, this is trash. I didn't throw up. I was like, this is trash. <laughs> but, you know, um, a lot of it when it comes to homebrewing is learning from your mistakes and going, going mm-hmm. through it. So I was already expecting that the first run is going to be trash. Like, it ain't going to be good at all and nothing. But learn from it. And then now when I do another run, I'll know what to do better and what to actually take heed to and all that stuff. Yeah, when um a brewer, a home brewer, he said that um home brewing beer is like making crack cocaine. They didn't get it right the first time. People died, but when they hit, it hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 
nice analogy. It is. It's one hundred percent true. You know what I mean. And um, a funny story about homebrewing. Um, when I was younger, I heard that uh, it's, this is so dumb. I was probably like eleven or ten or eleven, um, and I heard that if apples make wine, right, or it was a grapes, grapes, apples or something. Yeah, grapes make wine or apples make wine, whatever. So I was like, it, they, they keep on telling me it's through a fermenting process. I was like, what's fermenting? It was like, it just has to age. So I literally took like a, a cup of grape or apple juice and put it on the ceiling uh, on this windowsill and just let it stay there for like four weeks. And I thought I was going to make wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so a quick little... Um, lesson for everybody and to make it a, a more easier dumb down lesson. How I learned the fermenting process, think of yeast like Pac-Man and mm. sugars are the dots on the board and when it eats the dot it poops out alcohol. <laughs> mm. That's the way to say it. Okay. That makes sense. I think I, I think I heard that from um, Futurama too. Yeah. Futurama had an episode with that. <laughs> um, what if uh, so do you did your state open up yet? Semi. Semi. So we are, so I live in Maryland and mm-hmm. Wells is in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, the immediate DMV area, so the Northern Virginia area, DC, and the two surrounding counties around DC are behind the curve. So we're, we're not mm-hmm. truly out, out like that, but the rest of the state mm-hmm. is open right now. So what, what has changed for you guys so far, like in your area? What have you seen changed? People get restless, man. Mm. People get very restless really fast when they can't go to a Starbucks. Um, <laughs> I will break that down into race. <laughs> um, like I live in PG County, which is like mm. one of the most prof- profitable black counties in the, in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, people down here are very conscious. Um, everybody's wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wearing masks. Even going to the grocery store, all that stuff. Um, people are doing what they need to do and trying to maintain social distancing. Now that patios are open, they're a little bit more lenient on that. But mm-hmm. the county, I work in Montgomery County uh, at my restaurant. And up there, it's, it's you know, Red Dead Redemption up there. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people aren't wearing masks. People aren't doing this. And, like, I'm a GM of a restaurant. So right now, like, we, we have the patio. If you come inside of our restaurant, you have to wear a mask. And people just like standing right there like, hey, can I get a table for two? I'm like, can you put on a fucking mask? Like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? So um, I would say breaking it down to race is like us black folks, we are still trying to do what we need to do to remain safe in this situation, even though things are opening up. But, you know, the reason why the numbers aren't going down in a dramatic rate is because these white folks out here running and sweating on it on everybody and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You know what I mean? Can you say like Virginia was kind of like Alexandria, Arlington, those areas was kind of like behind Maryland in some sense well, like when everything was happening? Yeah, because in, in a sense, like take like the wider areas, right? Like yeah. they they don't care. Like they're going to go out. They're not going to wear a mask. They're not going to wear gloves. They're going to touch everything. They're going to mm-hmm. not practice social distancing and stuff like that. And that's what hindered the entire Northern Virginia area to open up versus, versus the state. And then I remember like when it first happened, when the first shutdown happened, um, Maryland was the first to get shut down, right? Mm-hmm. And DC followed it from there and so on and so on. And we're so close, people were coming from Maryland and the DC area to come to Virginia 
to go to the Walmart, to go to yep. Target and do yep. different things. And that came, and honestly, that became a problem for us because it's like, yo, we just trying to run in the store and get this. And here, here Maryland and D.C. residents coming and making a line that much longer. Such prejudice out of Carlos, but it is what it is. <laughs> but also another thing that you have to keep in mind is that, you know, people who work for the government in D.C., don't tend to live in D.C., so they live in yes, Maryland and yes, live in Virginia because yes. the cost of living is a little bit cheaper. And those are things that you still have to worry about. So, And then not even that, like just going to public transportation in the, in the immediate DMV area from buses to metro, you know, yeah. there's no real instance of practicing social distancing while you're riding a train to the next stop. That's true. You know, so damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're in this cocoon in a tunnel. And literally everybody's not wearing a mask except you. Like what kind of shit is that? The great equalizer. I call yeah. it public transportation. Yeah. Equalizer. I don't care if again, if I don't care if you're making ten dollars an hour to if you're making a million dollars an hour, regardless, you gotta take that train because you don't wanna ride you don't want to drive into the um city. Yeah. Um, what would you miss? What would you miss? Um about before the coronavirus that will probably be gone after coronavirus pandemic? I don't think restaurants will be the same. Yeah. I mean, even with me, like, cause like I, my restaurant, I'm GM and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it won't be the same. Like I'm a big bar guy. I love going to the bar, you know, mm-hmm. love sitting at the bar. Don't, like, I don't really want to sit at a table. Fuck that. I want to be in the elegant. <laughs> of people and the bar at least here in maryland it looks like it's gonna be the last thing to open up before like after restaurants can like allow 50 percent seating on the inside and stuff like that um there's no real plan to do the bar because one all the chairs are crammed next beside each other so if you space chairs out if you have a like a a 10 seat bar and then you got to do six feet that's only about like three chairs you know what i mean you can't do any um, congregating or standing around or anything like that. And then from there, you can't even create social distancing between the bartender and you. Think about it. I mean, yeah. like, just think about it. Movie theaters. Not yeah. Be the same. Yeah, it's not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, clubs and club areas and stuff like that, you know, um, those are going to be the same. I will, I will say this, and this is for you, Drew. I invite you and anybody else that's listening to, to this episode. Anybody wants to get together and come up with a plan to make drive-in movie theaters <laughs> easy you know what i mean easy. and 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 invest yeah. in in something like that that like mm-hmm. i'm down for that because that's probably going to be the next thing it's good right? you know and that's something that that you know our parents used to do back in the day like let's go to the driving movie theater you know what i mean and now those things are obsolete but now due to social distancing it's something that, that you can do in most most driving theaters nowadays they do um you can they, do they don't have the machine that you have to put in through your window you can just yep. hook through a FM radio radio station, or your and it just or whatever, oh, yeah. come through your speakers on your car. And then the thing about it, you can start off as a nostalgic. Sorry, I'm just going. No, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, and then that could be yeah. the, that could be the opening point. You no, know? I wouldn't mind watching a Tarantino flick in the drive-through. You know what I mean? So there are two here. So I'm in Charlotte, um, but there are two here in like the King Mountain area. Okay. So it's about an hour and a half from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what? They're doing theirs old school, you know, just drive up, drive your car and everything like that and cash only. Um, but I like that idea. One thing that I was thinking to kind of pivot is that you can put in a also a seating area, right? But you have little like kiosk for each person 
So you put a little like iPad on there. So you have the sound, you have a sound system in that little kiosk so they can sit with their to, like their data or whatever. And then they can like during the summertime, they can watch the show without having to either be with their parents or have to drive up. You can also limit, you know, you have more space with having those kiosks more than if you have a cars because cars will take up more space. And then you can use, you know, the latest technology, whatever, whatever to pay for the the different um, snacks and stuff like that that will also be brought to you. So it'd be kind of like the, you know, the the style of you go to a movie, like a movie bistro. And then it also could be the style of, you know, just a regular driving movie as well, but it'd be outdoors and open. So people don't get touched. I think that's going to be the big thing. Touch human interaction, like hugs and handshakes and kisses and like, like all that stuff oh, is it, kind of going to be obsolete. Just like I said, with kisses, so say like, you know, if you're a single person, you know, you usually go through a lot of things to try to, um, you know, get to know a person and all that stuff. But then now it's like, I have to let you in my personal space. Yeah, like, it's even like, more. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I'm attracted to your mind. I, I, I like the conversation. And it's like, all right, the first date is going to mean so much more now mm-hmm. because I'm letting you in my personal space. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I'm just, and, and then from there, it's like, all right, then I have to come into contact with you. Maybe do a first exactly. kiss, maybe not do a first kiss. Maybe the first kiss mm-hmm. is delayed now. You know what I mean? Like, I you. mind you, the first kiss, it doesn't normally happen on, on the first date, but sometimes yeah. the moment is there, it does happen. Okay. But now it may get, just hey, that shit ain't happening. Bro. It, means <laughs> it means a little bit more now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got what you're saying. Okay, so because even going to a restaurant, it's it's a little bit more now because they're limited their space to half the amount of people that could be in there. So now, if you have a fancy restaurant and you only let in 50 people at a time, now you only let in 25. That reservation is going to be stacked for the next couple of months because you're going to be yeah. an exclusive member of that restaurant. For example, like my restaurant. We normally have 30 tables out on our patio. We can only fit mm-hmm. seven, four top tables out there. So that's 28 seats. And from seven o'clock till close is strictly reservations. And like I have, you know, people say, oh, well, we're a party of 10 when, you know, the rules that you got to be in at least a party of six. So they're like, we'll, we'll sit five people at a table and be six feet apart. We just want to eat. But I'm like, I can't do it because I got reservations. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. you know. And I think that now with, with the pandemic, stuff is opening up, people aren't really taking the situation serious and have Mm -hmm. to understand that we have rules as, you know, the restaurant industry from the government of what we need to do. And if we don't do it, because I know some bars that are open and people are sitting at the bar eating chicken wings, watching throwback football games, and they about to get shut down. And, you know, like the the government's not playing. Like, you know, it's still a pandemic and we have to take this seriously. And in the restaurant, if we don't do it, we're going to get shut down. Mm-hmm. So since that bar, um, restaurants can't sit as many people, do they then raise the prices to try to make their pay their light bill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now that for, plate that you normally pay twenty dollars for is now thirty. For example, right now, Easy. my my old fashioned that I sell is normally, you know, nine ten bucks on a regular day. It's now fifteen dollars. Wow. You know what I mean? And it's a damn good old fashioned, but I got to jack the price up because I only have 28 seats compared to 130. So my value mm-hmm. is cut tremendously. And then yeah, my, my plates go up a little bit higher and just that in the third. Um, all to go orders gets a service charge. So yep. I can help the staff make money 
when, you know, because they're coming back off unemployment, you know, unemployment is like $1,000 a week. For a server, they don't really make $1,000 a week like that. So they're actually making more staying home on unemployment. So I got to make it worth their while when they come back. That makes so. sense. Restaurant industry is fun, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is, but the thing I love about this is a beautiful social experiment. And Lois, this might appeal to you about the your conspiracy theorist kind of mindset. Is It's a general social experiment on how... The government has the power to shut the the city, the world down, no, the country down in a minor drop of a point. So they just like, hey, this is happening. We need to shut this down. Like, have you? There has never been a like people were dying of the flu, people were dying of polio, people were dying of all these different types of like um, <laughs> different types of things, and they were like, no, we're not going to shut it down for that. But this, they was able to shut it down. But now you can see how the people have risen from the fire like a phoenix. Like the social social media has become a little bit more pertinent, um, which called people that are creative have pivoted their their standpoints. People in the fitness industry now they're doing online classes. Now they find that more um, inspiring. Like I feel even teaching. I saw I I I said ten years in ten years that teaching would be obsolete in the school, but it might be shorter than that now because oh, people have. Yeah, they literally test it. Your child can stay at home and learn. Right. On the same level as if they were in school. In fact, maybe even better because now they're at home, they're a little more comfortable. They can they can extend their day till seven o'clock instead of having the, the usual eight to three. True. The only thing that problems about that, there's a social interaction that you get mm. by being around people, and that's gonna be affected. Like yeah. when you unable to social interact with somebody, you become that What's the word? What's the word? Um, Vagabond. When you uh, when somebody has a hard time socializing with people, that's going to it's going to be more socially awkward. We can go with that. I mean, that's 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 good too. That's a start. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, we want to be socially awkward and then not going to know how to treat each other going forward. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's going to be crazy. So let let me devil's advocate for you on that one, right? So Mm -hmm. in that instance, and just look at what we're going on right now with George Floyd, right? There's now a situation, and it can go both ways. It racism could be taught more in a household, or if not equality, if people are, if white folks are like on board, how they quote unquote say that they are now. You know what I mean? In these moments where the child is at home, they're not exposed to other things that you know what I mean. To where racism can actually be abolished. But to, then there's to, a, to a certain other side there where racism is taught in the home. And that's the whole problem I, I, that we're fighting with right now. I literally just said that. So I just want you to know, like, I, I, I understand that. Because, like, yeah. I, as much as I'm trying to fight for good, I know that evil will prevail as well, too. You know what I mean? So and It can't I, be darkness without light. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I get that. But then also, just say, for instance, like, because, like, Jasmine, she works from home during the pandemic. And she's still at home. And it's like, now mm-hmm. I'm looking at, like, well, for your company, you know, your company's saving money because, you know, they don't have to have anybody in the actual building, no lights, mm-hmm. to pay all, all these other expenses. And I can, if you're doing IT from home, I can just pay you your salary while you're still at home. And then, you know, yep. when it comes to us personally, like for her, her now lunch budget is now cut in half because she's home, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So now we're all saving money a little bit more than what it is. You won't be saving money because the company's going to say, well, we're not paying you to be here. 
you're not spending gas, so I can cut your salary a little bit. Well, the instance is that mm. if your salary is already what it is and the pandemic happened, they can't cut it. They, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They Does can't. she have to re- renew her contract? No. Because so, there's some professionals no, no, I, 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 a couple you. years yeah. or something like that, like teachers. No. They have to renew their contract, and that's going to be the first to happen. I got oh, you. You don't have to leave your home to teach these kids. So that's you're not paying, you know, forty dollars a week in gas. So now I can cut your salary. But then you see, you, but then you see the real hustlers because if you're a smart teacher, you teach three classes at once. Right. So right. you get instead of getting the fifteen thousand that you would for that one class at one two three elementary, you go, you know, one two three elementary, four five six elementary, seven eight nine elementary. You have three classes going at the same time, teaching the same subject in the same like same language. I mean, what? What would they know the difference? That's so true. it's it's a way it's a way to, like people's minds have pivoted to another like way of digital way of making money. And then the social interaction part is really interesting because it's a chemical like that comes out of you when you do have interaction with people. Like um, there's serotonin, there's like adrenaline, there's you know testosterone, estrogen need be that you need to function as a human being. How about if that can be created through virtual reality? which they are getting very, very, very close to simulate reality almost to the point where you don't know reality from virtual reality. What was that, what was that movie? So, Gamer? Every movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, um, player, real, real player one. Real player, player one. one. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. So when it comes to the job aspect, right? So even though you say like, all right, well, if you're a contract person and you may have to renegotiate your contract at a certain year point, even right now in this point in time, you should be responsible enough to stack your money yes. and make sure that you're not doing any weird, wild Amazon bin shopping and shit like that. <laughs> right. Cause it happens. It happens. But then on the flip side, when it comes to the social interaction, that's what we have zoom for and, and FaceTime mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like you got to remember, like all these apps do have all this stuff. Cause like, look at me, like my black craft beer group, I would have never thought to do a happy hour or a zoom call with these folks, complete strangers when I first met them. And now they're the closest thing like family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something I have to give to the pandemic, but also doing social distancing. But I got to meet these folks, chat with them once a week, see how they're doing, how their family's doing, just that and the third. And I've learned to branch out and adapt in a different way to be still socially active. So you're telling me you're perfectly fine with not being in the same space with somebody. When I wasn't working and I was in you know quarantine mode I would go out every two weeks and on that day it was to fill up gas in a car if need be go to the grocery mm-hmm. store buy about three hundred dollars worth of beer <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> food and then do any any necessities like I have a dog stuff like that and things for the house things for myself personally and you know I, I love cigars so stop at at the, at the cigar shop and then come home. And then guess what? I'm hunkered down for another two weeks because from there, I'm either talking to my mother every other day, FaceTiming. And then, you know, if I have my happy hours and all that stuff planned up, I got them planned up for X amount of days. And I got and I got time for them. I'm different. Dude. Mm-hmm. If that's how you feel, I'm different. And don't I get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not a homebody. I'm not like an outdoorsy kind of person. I'm still at home, but I got to get that interaction with people. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. very, I'm very shocked at it because for myself, I'm an extrovert to the core. But I'm good mm-hmm. at being, I'm good if I had to hunker down and be in a bunker, I could do it. And then like, you know, from my house, I got a deck. So if the neighbors are out, I'm, I'm out on the deck, they're on the deck. We're doing social distancing. We're talking. Everybody's getting to know each other. 
but then everything else is just you know communication through through social media. So I was, I'm fine with it. I'm at 100 fine with it. I can hunker down, but it has to be an end date. Yeah, I, I gotta know that there's an end date coming. If there, if I don't know that there's an end date coming, I go crazy. I yeah, go. I'm same. I feel the same way. At so I, it's funny. I'm a split kind of because. I had that one day, like that one week, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, I don't need to see anybody. I'm good. Like, nobody needs to come over to the house. Like, but I, to to that point, I am an extrovert, like by, by like extreme measures. So I love that. I love going to a bar, like you guys are saying, and just meeting new people. Literally don't know this person from, from Adam and just be like, we, now we have each other's phone numbers we got pictures of each other's kids like we're just like kicking it we're like okay let's let's go we're going to aruba next week okay cool but it was this to to that point it's this like separation from people that we had to do that made it worse if if we if i just did it by myself it's like okay i didn't you know i'm just at the crib you know whatever is having a couple like a weekend but since I had to do it, it made it more prominent for me. Maybe the rebel in me just wanted to go out and be like, hey, let me, you know, just hug people. But that, those walks, those trips to the park, those trips to the grocery store, those trips to Sam's Club, was just when I see people like, and I'm always a good people watcher. So just seeing people, how they interact with each other and stuff like that, it really kind of made my day those days I was actually out. Yep. All right. I think we, we, we ran that pandemic thing into the ground, um, <laughs> but it was great. Uh, so that's the pandemic check-in. Um, so for, I, we, I think we covered so much, but um, just to reintroduce you guys, you guys are um, from the Diapers and Haircuts podcast. Um, you are Smith um, alum. Um, that's how we got to kind of know each other, t- kind of tangentially. When you're in that small of a school, you kind of get feels and everybody know each other like you see each other's face you're like oh i know that guy from yeah, you know yeah. from there <laughs> so first and foremost tell me you know how you come up with the name diapers and haircuts um and then tell me what your podcast is about you want to start unless you want me to do it go ahead do it all right so pretty much i got in my head like damn i got a lot to say but i need somebody to listen so why not start a podcast? And I was just getting into podcasts at that time. And then I was thinking like, okay, well, I don't want to do it just by myself because I feel like myself alone, I'm just boring. <laughs> so I'm like, why can't I get my my very good thought-provoking best friends with me? And one would be Los, who is next beside me, who was one of the first people I met at Smith because he, was, he wasn't my direct RA, but he was the RA of my building. And we just hit it off because we're just shit talkers and we just go with it from there. Um, and then Marcel, whom I went to high school with, and he was actually my barber is the best way to say it. Oh, wow. And like, we, and we became best friends and we hit it off from there. So like, whenever I came home from school, I'd try to hang out with him and see what was going on. And then, you know, he lived right across the bridge. So I'll be chilling with him. Yeah. And it just worked out that worked out that way. And just me personally, just knowing their minds and how who they are and what they think, I'm like, okay, this is a roundtable discussion for black men from different backgrounds who can who can convey themselves in in a proper way and get their message across. And if people want to tune in and listen to that, I'm down for it. Um, I always came up with another little slogan: is like, in order to in order to provide diapers. You got to have a haircut. So meaning that, you know, 
if you got a child, you got to buy diapers. You got to be presentable for your job, no matter the, the hairstyle. It could be dreads, mm-hmm. it could be a haircut, high top, whatever the case may be. You still got to go to a barber shop, or you got to have somebody come to your home and put clippers to your head so you can be presentable for society. So, hits, diapers and haircuts. <laughs> um, okay, so that's how we came up with I like it. Of diapers and haircuts. And then um, when he first brought this to my attention, I was just, I was, I was a little on the fence a little bit about it. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it because you're my man, but I don't know if I don't know if this is gonna actually gonna work out pretty well. Um so then he um but then I thought about it when we was in Smith, we would, you know, you remember how small the rooms were at Smith? Mm-hmm. And listed, and we have about what six people in the room playing two yeah. K or doing whatever. Sorry to use that bitch. And then, <laughs> and he would we would joke on each other. And other people would try to joke and all that kind of stuff, but then we, you know, we hurt a couple people's feelings because of how we joke and back and forth and stuff like that. And everybody laughed at the jokes that we would kick back and forth to each other. And everybody listened. I was like, all right, well, maybe we can do something with that and um and take that into the show. And what? Two years in? Yep. Mr. Crop Circle wow. himself, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> hey, shout out to the um the receding hairlines. Everybody got good one. <laughs> um but <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh yeah, that's that's so dope. It's and it's and it's it's very very like important. People understand like how integrated the small school HBCU and how important it is oh, to like. It's it's such a tight knit but not tight knit family because literally if if I go to if I go like any part of this country and I see somebody from Smith, I'm like oh. Okay, you like, oh, yeah. what's up, man? Yeah. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah. You remember when that happened? When yeah. definitely, if they're if, even if they're like one year above you or one year below you, like in that proximity, you like at least know them tangentially that you can have a conversation with them. Yeah. And for you guys to create like a a platform to like showcase this connection that you guys have with, between us, between you two, and including Marcel, um, is. I, I mean, I enjoy it very personally. Definitely three black men sharing experiences and sharing different experiences from different walks of life. You know, it's very, very open, very, very um, in the time and a need that we all think need to have. Um, so I, I, I sing your praises to the highest roofs. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, no, we, like, no, we, that's humbling. I, I love that. We all come here like it's it's been a struggle because like you know season one was a thing as like we didn't have great sound we didn't have mm-hmm. we were more joking and having fun with it and we were mm-hmm. incredibly drunk during most of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's a nervousness, man. That's yeah, what I blame I blame but then we realized because like Los's biggest thing was like you know he knew once when he knew that the mic was hot he would just freeze up and I'm yeah. like dude take a shot like relax it's fine it's just us don't worry about the fucking mic and then now come season two we was like all right on the latter end like the later end of um season one we was like yo we actually have something here and it's working mm-hmm. and like our segments that we have beer and cigar of the week um top five best worst best worst 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 grandma gear stuff like that i'm like these are things that we can keep doing to keep the show going yeah. But like, also, we talk about current events because we try to treat it like barbershop talk and just right. go with it. Yeah. There. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, we really need to invest in ourselves. Then come season two, 
Marcel hooked us up with our entire new sound system that we're on right now. And I and that was appreciative. And it was you know, and and that's where where the, the term brothers come into because mind you, they both know me, but they didn't really know each other like that. And they've really grown to come forward. And for Marcel to do that for us for the show shows me that he's all in. You know what I mean? And you know So I knew Marcel for about a, a year prior to doing the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And probably only met him like actually been in the same room with him about what four times four times yeah and mm-hmm. you know just because he's associated with you know my best friend then he's now my best friend you have now inherited that role and we are all brothers yeah. in the show and and um, and, 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 it, and it works so well and it, and it happens you know and um for us now it's like we're trying to make sure that like since we have the sound we have the quality the product is mm-hmm. great so now what can we do to grow the podcast from there as well too you know and and for me that's my mind i'm always my wheels are turning i'll call them 12 o'clock in the morning you know midnight i'll shoot texts out as soon as something hits my brain i'm like hey what do y'all think about this what do y'all think about that or i'll be trying to work and getting stuff because like right now like we have two sponsors for our show you know one one is through our distributor and the other one is actually through a very good company that um i'm good friends with uh, with one of the pers- people who who actually represent them, which is a uh, yeah. which is CBD product, you know what I mean. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if I can get something that's different that also still can connect with the black community in a, mm-hmm. in, a in a way, you know, why not put it on our show and go with it from there? And like when and the person's been on our show, shout out to Mike Mike Cat- Catchital. Um, go, go promote them. They ain't gave me no money. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. But for him, he was like, you know, he, he loved our show when he came on. And then once mm-hmm. when he got hooked up with the company uh, Vive, he was like, yo, I want to sponsor your beer and cigar of the week. Nice. Sure. You know, and then, then it, it went with it from there. So um, for us, it's just, you know, one week at a time and go with it from there. And then you can literally like, and one thing that, I believe that our podcast bring to the table is consistent. Even through mm-hmm. the lockout, even through the COVID, even through um, hurricanes and rainstorms and all different things that would hinder you to get together to create this show, we've been consistent. Yeah. And, when, and we all check each other when it comes to like, okay, I feel like you're slacking off or I sent you guys notes. Did y'all read them? Yeah. We have plenty of yeah. arguments over mm-hmm. like, over that type of situation, just mm-hmm. trying to make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's kicking out the same. Time. And at the end of the day, if you're pissed off to the nine, one person has to say one, like two words. Yeah. Uh, creative differences. Yep. And everybody just mm-hmm. shuts down. like, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's all it is. And we go on and record the show. Yep. So what is, what is, because you guys have three different personalities yep. that kind of worked, <laughs> worked through the podcast and I've listened to the the bickering. I've listened to the kind of like, as you said, creative differences. Sometimes when you're kind of like trying to get something out, and you're like, no, no, like go ahead, go ahead. What? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what what is one episode that you could think off the top of your head that you guys were like, damn, that was a good as fucking episode. Like we put out, you're all into it, and everything kind of like set off. <laughs> the the Gianna Bryant episode. Okay. Was I would say one. I would say that was my. Why does that name sound familiar? Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Daughter episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is the episode that we did following up after Kobe Bryant's death, and mm-hmm. um, we are we touch on a moment with Drew, and he he actually breaks down in this episode for his love of Kobe Bryant. He and um, I feel like that one, and um, I feel like that one was probably one of my better episodes. 
Um, I want to say, because like we do like a season, right? So like from, I call it a NASCAR season because I'm a big NASCAR guy, but um, we do it from- really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. But we do it from um no uh February to November. And cuz November mm-hmm. with Marcel and Los's jobs, they have peak season coming around. So mm-hmm. during, you know, the holiday season, Black Friday, all that stuff all the way to Christmas and New Year's, their balls to the wall busy. So I'm like, "All right, let's just shut it down, but like let's just come back and just, you know, keep the juices going, check in with the fans, make sure that that they're listening mm-hmm. and we go with it from there." So when we actually upgraded our sound system, we did an off-season uh, episode called We Call This Practice. And it was one that we it wasn't scripted. It was straight off the cusp. We were just playing with the board just so we can figure out all the features of the board, the soundboard, and go with it from there. And it was actually a really dope episode. Yeah, that was your favorite? It's one of my favorites. Yeah? Okay. One of my favorites. All right. um, then our first episode of the second season, because we didn't do anything for Black History Month in the first season. Mm-hmm. And that one was, was really dope because we actually heard, we got inspired by another guy who did um, uh, episodes on the, on the Tulsa murders. And it was like, yeah. all right, if he's doing it, and this, this man is a white Canadian man, shout out to Dan, great, great guy. But for him, I'm like, if he's doing it, what the fuck is our problem? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> we're in the middle of February and we're going to debut. What the fuck is wrong with us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now our last live episode, um, the George Floyd, that one was a good one mm-hmm. as well too. Yeah. Um, because we actually took a turn and during our regular season, we do like sports figures, but mm-hmm. we said, all right, this can't be a sports figure. Like it, it just can't. Not right now. Yep. Not right now. Nope. Not, it's not the time. <laughs> but, um, but you can literally, if you listen to from yes, episode one all the way through, Actually, we lost a couple episodes uh, throughout the show. But on the first season, yeah. On the first season, we lost a few episodes. So it's a few episodes in there that we, that I guess didn't get carried over into the distributor that we have. I don't know why, but um, but you can literally hear the progression of the show, like yeah. um, from times in the first few episodes where we're talking over each other and and interrupting each other and all that kind of stuff to where now we give each other time to speak and we know where to cut in and, and keep the conversation flowing and keep it going. So it's actually, if you just pay attention to it, it's a, it's pretty dope. Just think of it like a home run experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or crack, whatever you want to hey, do. Um, <laughs> whatever you grew up on, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, so you guys do a beer and cigar of the week. Yes. I am a newly found cigar enthusiast. Just like what? it just like from the pandemic. So I got my little like a little collect, a little short collect here. Okay. Shout out to the cigar company. Um they actually might be on the podcast pretty soon. Um if somebody's hearing this early plug. But right now I am loving um the Romeo Julieta. Okay, okay. That's everybody. Um, 18, that was my first love, too. Yeah, 1875. Uh-huh. Um, and then the... My favorite, and this is, maybe it's just because it's my name, and I've been, like, enjoying the Drew Estates. Like, anything <laughs> Drew Estates so, is, like... <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So, I, I hit you up earlier. So, so, wait, before that, the question is, what's your favorite beer and your favorite cigar go Ooh. ahead Ooh. All right, so from the show I'll, or just period period okay i'll say this and then you can while you're thinking close 
So, Drew, you hit me up saying, like, the beer that, that, that you're going to be drinking and the cigar that you like. Got the beer, went to my cigar shop, and our cigar shop down here is, like, one of the largest cigar shops on the mid-Atlantic coast. Like, oh, wow. they run the game. And it is um, a guy named Raj. He owns it. Great guy. But when you walk in there, you see nothing but just black people all the way around just drinking and smoking cigars and just going with it from there. And their their humidor area where they store their cigars is like this long haul. And it's, it's like, it, it is, it's like, holy hell. Like it, it, it's, it's about the length of a studio. You know what I mean? Like, like of a, of a studio apartment. Um, and mm-hmm. I went in there and I said, Hey, I need a cigar. Cause they know me. I'm like, I need a cigar. And it's like, fuck out i'm like no no you guys know what i need this no like what are you doing no but um i did search it up and it does look like a very great cigar and i'm very yeah. they have an event coming up so they say they're going to get some more and they're going to put some aside for me so i will have it and I, I i can't wait to smoke it we'll do it for our show and we'll get, definitely give you a shout out on it as well too i appreciate that like literally that was my introduction like the Nortenia was my introduction into cigar life. Uh, I had a couple cigar enthusiasts also on. Um, dang, their name is, escapes me right now. Oh my goodness. Up in Smoke, Charlotte. Okay. Um, and yeah, they were on there and they were like, oh, we're going to gift you something. Uh, I was like, uh, I'll probably never hear from them again. And they showed up with like a shirt and that Nortenio. I was like, oh, I'm I'm sucked in. Yeah. So that that's been my favorite, and, and of course, Golden Monkey is my favorite bear from Victory. Oh yeah. Um, it's nine point five percent. You can't beat it, and it's kind of like very good in transition from the winter to the kind of spring and the summertime kind of yeah. vibe. Um, Golden Monkey is a, is a good beer. So it's a triple style beer. Uh, triple mm-hmm. are very um are Belgian inspired styles. Um, the Belgians do it very well. Victory is a Pennsylvania brewery, so it's American and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, for those who are who like Vic Golden Monkey, you are now on the verge to transcend to Belgian style 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 beers or Belgian beers. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely recommend trying Triple Carmelite if you see it. Um, try going to um, crap; it's slipping my mind. But there, there are some other good triples. Um, Delirium Tremens, even though it's a golden ale, it definitely drinks like a triple. Triple or very mm-hmm. light but yet heavy as far as full bodiness, they give you a very good yeast profile, but they end extremely sweet and you go with it from there and they are pretty up there in alcohol content. So they, yeah. you drink enough of them. They, 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 they can put you <laughs> Oh yeah. They get you there. Yeah, man. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely recommend victory. Um, the golden monkey. They now do a sour monkey as well too. Yes. Sour monkey and um, tropical monkey. I think it is. Tropical monkey as well too. Yep. Yeah. Tropical monkey, not not a fan of. I, I don't think mangoes and bears should ever happen. Not a fan. <laughs> mangoes and, and say it again. Mangoes and bear should never happen. I'm not a fan. So, are you an IPA guy or not? IPAs, I can do IPA. It, do you, it has to be specific. Okay, so let, let me ask a certain style. Do you like New England IPAs? Mm-mm. Okay, that's so now I, I understand your palate now because if you don't like mangoes, then you don't like New England because like New England IPAs are more on the fruitier side. They have mm-hmm. very good melon taste and all that stuff. So I now yes. know your palate. I can now continue <laughs> IPAs. So you should do West Coast IPAs because yeah. they okay. are yeah, yeah, clear, yeah. they're not cloudy, 
They're mm-hmm. extremely piney, hop forward, yep. and you go with it from there. Um, traditional IPAs as well, too. Just stay away from hazies in New England's, and you should be good to go. Um, okay. A good one to try would be um, Lagunitas IPA. You can't go wrong with it. Um, oh, yeah. That's, big, that's RG. Yeah, I'm always big on right now the Broken Skull IPA from uh, El Segundo Brewing Company, Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. beer. It's a West Coast, easy drinking. Ah, you guys got it. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I knew, and I thought it was in just in Jersey, or they finally they finally came to. Uh... So it's in Maryland, but due to the COVID, the distributors don't want to distribute it because they don't want the beer to not sell or not catch the, the legs that it that it's supposed to have. So okay. it's in the warehouses. So I've been contacting my beer friends across the states. Um, I had I got a friend in California. He shipped the beer to me. I got. a um, the Undeniable Vixen Angie that we had on, on our uh, yes. episode last, uh, no, our last episode, excuse me, yes. she she shipped me a, a four pack and all that stuff. So I'm like, whoever's got it, send it my way. I'm paying. <laughs> 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 but all right. So get into our beers and cigars. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I go first because um, I, I was sitting here thinking about it while you was talking. Okay. But, um, all right, so my favorite, my favorite cigar off the top um, is the Rocky Patel Celebration. It was, I'm not really, before getting in this whole, this whole show, this whole podcast thing, I wasn't really a cigar smoker. Marcel was a cigar connoisseur. Drew dabbled in cigars. Drew is the beer connoisseur, that kind of thing. I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll try it, but I'm not, I don't know if it'll be my thing or whatever. Um, but I, uh, uh, Marcel passed me this and I was like, Past with the Rocky Patel celebration, I was like, yo, this is a good one. It's it's light, it's airy, it doesn't, it's not too spicy, it doesn't hit you too hard, that kind of thing. And that's what I like about it. Um, but then when it comes to beer, my palate, the darker the better, right? The darker the better. I wanted to, when I pour it, I wanted to be thick, like motor oil. Motor um, oil. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it. I know. I listen. And then two beers <laughs> that actually came across the table that I gave perfect scores for during our beer cigar of the week. Is the um the ten fifty um from Oscar Blues from yeah. Oscar Blues right. that one was um I like my beer to have high alcohol content um I like it to be darker the better stronger the better you know that kind of thing uh the stouts uh, imperial stouts Russian stouts that kind of thing um I like the new and then the one we just did we just did a sh- we just recorded our show which is going to record which is going to be released on tomorrow, Monday, Monday yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. um and. I came across his Nub Maduro, and this this beer is phenomenal. Oh no 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 that 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 was that was the cigar the beer cigar Maduro oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. yeah. Sorry. the beer was the um, off color brewing company Dino S'mores Dino S'mores that's it that's it I'm sorry Dino S'mores um, yeah I, when I first saw the can I was like what is this like <laughs> I know I'm not gonna like s'mores when it comes to my beer I poured that thing Drew let me tell you. <laughs> If 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 God could pour a glass of beer, it'll be this right here. So good at making nothing my soul, you know what I mean? I'm so excited. Yeah. Um so it's a Russian Imperial style, it's ten point five percent ABV and has forty IBUs. Um the beer itself is made with graham flour, marshmallow, molasses, cocoa nibs, and vanilla beans. The beer is very light and fluffy. And I think like when you're drinking craft beer, some very weird and wild styles or wild ingredients that you hear, it's all the yep. perception in the mind. But if the flavor profile can give you that perception that like, oh, hell, 
this is light like a marshmallow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and and what's weird about it is because it's ten point five percent ABV, but it's light like a goddamn marshmallow. Like, yeah. yo, <laughs> this is great fucking beer. Like, <laughs> what the hell? So yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's still it gives you the s'mores taste, the graham cracker. First, you get hit with the chocolate taste, then you get hit with the graham cracker toward the end, and the marshmallows, the airiness that you get as you you know as you drink beer throughout the process. So that's one of my favorites. What about you, Drew? Um, when it comes to the beer. Boulevard mm-hmm. Brewing Company out of Kansas City, Missouri, The Calling. Okay. Um, we did that on our first episode. I've always preached behind this beer. Any beer bar that I, work, that I worked in, I made sure that we brought it in. It was either on tap or in a bottle. And it was like one of our number one sellers. It's a uh, Imperial Double IPA, 8.5% ABV, 75 ABUs. Um, the Calling is an undeniable IPA uh, where it's driven to make. It's a tribute to like-minded dreamers, adventurous spirits, and glass uh, half-full optimists. First and forth with unmistakable tropical fruit and pine hop aromas and flavor, it's supported with a slightly sweet malt character and tapers to a crisp, dry, dry finish. Um, they say, heed your call and enjoy. I'll say this beer as a double IPA, which are usually 8% ABV and higher, yeah. a very stingent, pungent, resiny, they hit you in the face. And people like them, right? Especially when you're a beer drinker, you definitely go for the doubles versus the regular IPAs. Mm-hmm. This beer is so complex and smooth, it drinks like a regular IPA. And for it to be 8.5%, I'm like, yo, I need to slow the fuck down. Yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah. We got pretty drunk in that episode. <laughs> but love that beer. I'm all about it. I'm all about Boulevard Brewing Company. Um, Boulevard, like I said, is in Kansas City, Missouri. They're under the Morgat umbrella, which is um, Duval, which is a Belgian brewery. Omegang, which practices uh, Belgian-style beers, but they're out of Cooperstown, New York. And Boulevard, they're all under the same umbrella. So if they're with great brewers like, you know, Omegang and Duval, Boulevard has to be the shit. And here's the thing about it. Boulevard is known for the Tank 7, which is their Saison, which is another Belgian-style beer. And mm-hmm. calling gets no rep on the streets. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but great. Um, going into the cigar, as of right now, one thing that I've actually came across, I'm a big Rocky Patel guy. Yeah. Love okay. Rocky Patel cigars. I started out on them, but we just did about three or four episodes ago. We did the age limited rare. Okay. Remember those ones? They had like they had the full description of the cigar yeah. on the wrapper. <laughs> but wow. um it was rolled back in 2016 um it has a silky and complex medium bodied cigar um which is truly decadent the result is a complexity that you won't find on most cigars with uh layers of flavor coming through on every puff you get cocoa earth um with mingles with slight hints of black pepper as well and roasted coffee it's a it's one of those cigars like even though that the wrap the wrapper is dark and a lot of newbies to cigars they get scared of dark wrappers. They think yeah, they're like, mm-hmm. more spicy. Yeah, they think they're more spicy, full flavored. We used to call them like throat punches. Like it just kicks you yes. in the throat. Um, but this is a very medium cigar. And I think that people need to not be scared of like the color of the cigar. It's almost slightly racist. You know right. what I mean? It's not like a, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 lighter, the lighter the cigar, the easier it is. The darker the cigar, the more rough <laughs> it is. It's like, no, you don't got to do that. But, um, those two, like Age Limited Rare by Rocky, Rocky Patel, the Boulevard, the Colin, can't get enough of them. 
it's the it's the Chris Brown versus the Idris Alba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, okay. You guys have to send me those recommendations um on the Instagram chat. Yes, so sure. I can or just via text message. I'm not even that. I'm, I'm, I'm down to put it in the mail and send it down to you. So my guy, I will, I will, uh, what you call it, give send me your information and I'll send you. Um, you ever heard of Wood Robot? I haven't. Okay, good. I'll send you a, a what you call it, a, I don't know if I can send a craft. Can I say anything I can send a craft? We'll, we'll talk off the air. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. Um, but Wood Robot is my favorite, um, brewery out here in Charlotte. Um, and they have a bunch of like their Good Morning Vietnam is my shit that really got me into like north carolina based beer okay yeah and all that, right no go ahead i'm sorry yeah let's, let's, no go ahead i was gonna say like that's the thing about it with, with craft beer it's all about being local and supporting mm-hmm. what's local but like it's that's what makes the hunt like it's almost like how you we did the crack reference you know you're on a certain styles of beers but then you want to go local but you want to find the best style of it, and you got to go there and you got to go here and you got to go there because you're just looking for your next fix exactly Chasing that high, baby. Chasing that high. Primo. (laughs) It keeps following me. (laughs) Yeah, Primo. It's that's that's a funny reference. Uh, (laughs) Just, (laughs) um, but we're going to to the next section. It's called Shots Fired. It's a I call it Elevated Icebreaker. It's about ten, about fifteen to twenty questions. Um, first thing that comes to your mind, you just spit it out. Cool. This is the this is the one I'm fear the most. This is the <laughs> this is the subject I fear the most about this show. Um, so me? I'm ready. So, so Drew, you got me. I just want to know. So like, so you say a question, we'll go Los first, then me. Why well, Los first? Yep. God, I'm scared. Yeah, because because you're the scared. You're the scared oh, one. So man. you have to go first. <laughs> I like it. All right. Okay. First both question. Both your dudes ain't right. Y'all know that. <laughs> it's it's weird for me to say like Drew to somebody else sometimes I'm yeah. Just, yeah I'm just like yeah. Drew I'm like mm. yep. <laughs> all right this is shots fired what's your favorite color blue black yellow red okay <laughs> all together or just separate separate in their own regards okay uh, favorite sport Football, hands down. NASCAR, then football. One favorite <laughs> favorite movie. Uh, I don't want to say this because I'm gonna sound like a punk on this show, but uh, my favorite movie is The Notebook. Bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Django Unchained. Okay. What? So <laughs> the next the next question is what what movie do you love to hate? And I think The Notebook is your answer, Los. Or do you have another one? Uh, I can I gotta go into that. Like Notebook is my favorite movie. Love, love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. American. I mean, hate to hate to love. Sorry. Oh, hate to love. Mm-hmm. Hate to love. Um. Fuck. I was gonna say love to hate. I was gonna say American History X. But 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 hate to love. No, no, love to hate. Yeah, love to hate. What movie do you like? But you hate the fact that you like the movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody else hates it too. Princess Diaries. You what? <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, oh shit. Disney movie. Disney movie. Disney movie. <laughs> okay. Um, what's one place you want to visit? Um, I want to visit um 
Aruba. I want to go to Aruba. Australia. Okay. Celebrity crush. <sighs> Just one? Just one. Taraji P. Henson. Ooh. Ill. Oh, she is. Ill. Listen. Hey, she from the DMV, bro? Get the fuck out of here. Um, Michelle Obama. Okay. And I get an ill? <laughs> you get an ill? Go ahead. She's the first lady, not the first lady of the hood. You don't need more. Keep going. <laughs> Favorite type of music? Oh, I'm a gangster. I'm a gangster rap guy through and through. Like, um, NWA to you know, through and through, all the way through. I can go from Three Six Mafia to college dropout Kanye West. Okay. Um, who's your favorite artist? And I'm gonna preface this by saying it doesn't have to be a musical artist. It can be anybody who invokes motion to you. So it can be a painter, it could be a sculptor, it could be a dancer, it could be a writer, it could be even be a podcaster. Anybody that's arts brings passion to you. All praises due to Jesus. Big fan. Of Are you kidding West. me? Yes, yes. <laughs> even though, like now, now in the he's, later years, there's he's been he's on his bullshit, and I know it, and I get it. But just going with the music, love the music. Mm-hmm. My favorite artist, Jesus man. Do, do, I know, right? I'm stuck. <laughs> All right, let me, I go with um. Can they be like? Can they? First thing that comes to your head. Come on. First thing that comes to your head. Kendrick Lamar. Let's go with Kendrick Lamar. All right. Cool. Okay. God damn, we suck at this. <laughs> I know. I, I, I like I like the art that people do for what they are, and I don't really like say, "Oh, he's my favorite." You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they they put out that, and okay, that's great for what it is. It, All right, rapid fire. Next question. Sorry, lost. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your go to karaoke song? <laughs> included. Rap songs are huh? rap songs are rap songs are included. Your your song that you would be you would go and oh patiently waiting fifty cent Eminem patiently waiting. There we go. That's my joint. Rick James Ghetto Life. Okay. Um, what song would be played in a loop in your hell? Oh, okay. So it's a hell. So I don't like. I don't like the song. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like the song that Satan would torture you with the rest of your life. Um, well, eternity. Migos Fight Night. Gucci Man Lemonade. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> bitch! How dare you? Love that song. It's in my- Is it the intro? <laughs> Gucci Man Lemonade. Like it. I know it's a rapid fire, but I, 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 anybody who says that they hate Gucci Man Lemonade, please read the lyrics. I'm like, yo, this motherfucker's a genius. All right. Sorry. Who would you change places with for one day? I would love to be Donald Trump for a day. Hell. I would love to, like, that would be the extremist at the extreme, like, just walk in his shoes and see what the. Like, why, why do you think of the shit that you think of? Or why do you feel like it's okay to say the shit that you say is okay? Mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Because he was, he had to live up to a hype that he didn't. And he had all the pressures of, of carrying the sport on his back. 
when NASCAR facts come from a black man's mouth, it just like it just doesn't look right to me. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like that's true, but I'm just like okay. <laughs> just and also, yeah. I want to go fast, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to learn more about NASCAR. We got we got chat. I got you, brother. Don't worry. I feel like I'm so like. Hey man, like, beer, that's... cigars, and NASCAR. We're gonna be good to go. Right? We're good. <laughs> um, what would be the name of your autobiography? The beginning. This is the beginning. Because I'm just started, man. You know, I'm just I'm just starting. As he, you know, think about it, but um, it, it I'm just starting it. My life is. I'm only 30, you know what I mean? Like, we we have a long life to go, you know what I mean, from here to then. And so it's just the beginning right now. Andrew Dill, not being a product of his environment. Mm. Okay, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that as yours. Yeah, absolutely. If you had to be handcuffed to somebody for a month, who would it be? <laughs> Handcuff with somebody for a month. So I'm picking their brains. I'm give me give me Warren Buffett. Give me mm. give me somebody like that that knows how to handle his money like phenomenally. You know what I mean? And I can pick your brain and understand how to um invest and, and run businesses and all this kind of things. And yeah, give me somebody like that. So I say Warren Buffett. Okay. Mark Cuban. I can see that. Same okay. thing. But he's a little bit more, you know. Because with him being with basketball and all that stuff, he's more willing to, you know, I think he wouldn't mind being handcuffed to a black man. <laughs> well, it's not his choice, right? Well, true. But I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, but then from there, like, just seeing him on Shark Tank, him taking chances on people and, mm-hmm. you know, going from that, like, he definitely relates to people whom he invests in. So, yeah. Okay. If you had a talk show, which you guys do, um, but if you had, like, a nationally syndicated talk show, who would be your first guest and what would be the first question you ask them? Mm. Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Martin Luther King Jr. First Ooh. question would be, is this your dream that we're in right now? So he comes back in like 2020 and comes on your show. Yeah. And he's like, was this your dream? Wow. Okay. I don't want to continue on that path of historic figures. But I would love to sit down and talk to uh, Tupac and and understand. My, my question to him would be, how were you able to articulate the word, you know, the world at such an early age? Hmm. What's one superpower you want to have and... What would be your superhero? What would your superhero costume look like? You ever seen? You ever, you remember Captain Underpants? Yeah, of course I remember Captain yeah. Underpants. I saw the I saw the <laughs> um, show on Netflix. <laughs> Give me something like this. You know fire. I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, you, listen, my my superpower though, I do want to, um, I want to read people's minds. Mm. I want to be able to to. But it has to be by choice. Like, it can't just be, like, random, like, conversation going on in the back of my head. Like, if I, mm-hmm. I have to have the control to read, I want to read somebody's mind just to see what they're thinking. Not necessarily alter their decisions or anything like that, but I just want to see what they're thinking. Gotcha. 
don't really have a superpower or anything like that, but if I could embody and be the black version of the Punisher, I would want to be that. Mm. Anybody that is a crook, criminal, or has done something wrong in society and you get through on the system, you got to deal with me. I like it. <clears throat> George Zimmerman. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Last question. What is your death row meal? I need an app, I need an entree, and I need a dessert. Why are these questions so hard, man? <laughs> I told you it's gonna be easy in the beginning. Oh, that guy, man. I'm a that guy, man. Work with this, man. All right, so so the appetizer, I want buffalo wing. Mm-hmm. All right, my appetizers are buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. My entree, you got to get. I'll, I'll go with some. Give me chicken and chicken and wings and mumbo sauce. Um, what? I'm, I'm DMV on baby. I gotta go. You said wings as an appetizer. Yep. And then you say buffalo. No, I want buffalo wings as an appetizer. Yeah. And then I want chicken wings as mumbo sauce. Which is a different style of wings. Don't get, you, listen, listen, I'm a fat guy. Keep going. <laughs> different like, style of wings, bro. This is a it's, shitty fucking death row meal. What I'm dying fuck? here, Drew. Let me die the way I want to die, bro. I'm gonna talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna talk about your whole He's like. Oh, you know, you know, he had two wings on his right. <laughs> his he had wings. Two courses of wings. <laughs> Absolutely. I love chicken wings, bro. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, man. Let me be me, man. Go, be you. Go ahead. All right. And then um. All right, but I gotta have. I, I want the French fries, salt, pepper, ketchup, steak and cheese, egg roll, and then <sighs> give me um, a pineapple rock creek soda. My guy's right. getting his calories for his last meal. Bro. Hey, listen, I'm going out, bro. Go big or go home, right? Ain't that how I go? Sure, sure. Keep going. And then what was that? What was that restaurant we had your birthday at? Kid and Kid. I want that um, rum cake that they had from Kid and Kid. If you if you ever in this area, man, there's there's a restaurant called Kitten Ken, and they they make a rum cake, and this thing is phenomenal, bro. Like, it's it, um, it, it melts in your mouth. You know, what it's I mean? an African Caribbean inspired restaurant, but find that in. Um, it is black owned, and the chef, me and Jasmine, actually met at Fresh Fest, which is a black. Um, beer fest and all that stuff. And we saw him and he had a stand. He said, yo, I got a restaurant in D.C. Y'all haven't been down there? I was like, nigga, don't make me feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> then from there, like, it actually transpired and we was able to go for my birthday. And it, it was a very, very great dinner. And that rum cake is one for the masses. So, yeah, I'll say that. That'd be it. Um, for me, right? So, death row, got to go with it. As an appetizer, My first heart says I want a pot of mussels, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with something I haven't had yet because I would love to have it before I die. Okay. I want to go to Aaron Franklin's Texas spot down in, I mean, a barbecue spot down in Texas. Oh, man. I would love to have like two pounds of brisket as my, mm-hmm. his brisket as an appetizer. Two pounds? Was that place appetizer? Yes. Damn. Motherfucker, you had wings. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then from there, for me, um, my entree, I would like to have a, if, if, if it's my heart of heart, it's my last meal and I can wish it, I would like to have a 30-ounce porterhouse, mm-hmm. medium rare, so the closer to the bone, the more uncooked it is, and 
I would like to have it with just like a grilled asparagus and a beurre blanc sauce. Then for dessert, I would do your, I, I would do that rum cake. It's <laughs> <laughs> the unanimous on that rum cake. Yeah. If you ever had a porterhouse, if you ever cook a porterhouse yourself, try a um, blue cheese crumbles on it. Oh yeah. Just, just put blue cheese crumbles, yeah. put it in the oven, in the cast iron. Ooh. Yeah, man. <laughs> mm. Okay, and that is shots fired. All right. Sorry, um, sorry that didn't go as fast as we thought it would go. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is usually how how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I usually say first thing that comes to your mind because I don't want anybody to overthink it. Yeah. Um, but you guys didn't overthink it. You just had explanations for what you were, you know, what you were saying. So Appreciate that's all. That. Appreciate. Um, so the I go into the next part is the pillars of the podcast, which is um, life, love, and laughter. The first section is life. So um, I'm on a time crunch, so I'm going to go to, for my weird questions first. Okay. Um, in life, do you have a story about experience with aliens, ghosts, or spirits? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was 13 years old, I was I was living in... I was living in an apartment or whatever, and I saw a ghost, no lie. Like, and when I saw him, like, I was like laying in the bed watching TV, and then it was a woman, and she looked at me from the bed, and then walked in through the wall, and like for like fifteen seconds, I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, I couldn't do anything, and it still gave me chills to this day when I talk about it. It's pretty scary. <laughs> Damn. Our we lived in a house, me, and my mom, and um the bathroom in the hallway at random times, usually the same day, same time, like 6 p.m. in the afternoon, the door, if the door is open, it would randomly close shut. Mm. Didn't think anything of it. It was like, oh, and the door closed again. And we would just, we would just blame it at like, you know, the wind, the the air conditioning. Mm, There's a draft in the house. But for me, it was always weird. Like it, it just it didn't sit with me right. So d- before that, before you guys had that interaction with the ghost or anything like that, was there any like speaking of the house being haunted from anybody that you know of, no. or is it just kind of like you had a tangential like experience subsided into that? No, no. Um, um, I'm never. I'm honestly never scared of ghosts or spirits or anything like that. Like you. Mm. You just got to send them on their way or ask them what they're there for. They could be your ancestors trying to look out for you, trying to tell you, you know, trying to give you information on what's going on in the future of your life and that kind of thing. And um, ghosts, I feel like ghosts get a negative connotation a lot of times because it's the unknown that we don't know about and stuff like that. But um, I feel like you, if you welcome them and, and figure out what they want and make sure that they're not, you know, if your spirit is clear, you know, the spirit, if your spirit is good, you you should be having nothing to worry about. Just send them on their way. Yeah. So my house that I bought is a new construction and me and Jasmine, we had the house blessed and all that stuff. Cause we didn't know the land prior to, and we saved mm-hmm. the entire house and all that stuff. So yeah. um, our biggest thing is like, we are trying to grow and make something happen in this house, bring new life in this house and all that stuff from having kids. And we don't want to have any negative negativity spirits or anything like that around to hinder or, you know, persuade our children in a different light. 
So yeah, I'm that type that uh, um, burn sage every season, every couple season, that kind of thing. And I'm sure I think yeah, um, yeah. they do the same thing. Dope. All right. Um, into the love part. Can you guys explain your worst breakup story? Whew. All right. So I'll go first. And it was, it was prior to me meeting Jasmine. Um, because me and Jasmine are high school sweethearts, college till now, right? So prior to that, we um before I even met her and everything was in high school, I was dating a girl. And I was in the middle of getting ready to break up with her, but her birthday was right around the corner. So I was like, all right, mm. just let me just weather these next couple of days, just go through with it. And then we go with it from there. I was talking to my best friend at the time about it. And this jackass decided to write a breakup letter and put it in her locker in my name. And the day that she found it was on her birthday. No. And my phone got blown up. Her friends are hitting me up. You ain't shit. You ain't this. Yada, yada, woo, woo. Right. And I was in a, in a after school program that took the majority of my time. So I, I'm checking my voice. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I told her, I'm like, the day of your birthday, I can't actually be with you, but we'll do something the day after because I have this after school program that I have to be a part of. And she understood. But then um, when that came about, I told her, like, once when I finally called her, I'm like, hey, just so you know, that's not my fucking handwriting. If you know me, that's <laughs> notes. I'm like, if you know me, that chicken scratch shit ain't my shit. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? So then the next morning, oh my God, babe, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. It wasn't yours. Da, 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 da. And if I could do a moment that could reenact when Dave Chappelle was in the club on his show and he like mushed the, the chick's face. <laughs> because I then got mad because I'm like, yo, you didn't believe me at first. And then mm-hmm. you had to go out and cross confirm, go with it from there. And then boom, now you're like, oh, yada, yada, woo, woo. So I'm like, you damn right. You know what? Fuck it. You're right. I broke up with you on your birthday. I'm an asshole for that shit. Fuck you. Because you ain't believe me. But we're still good friends. <laughs> so first of all, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to start off and say that I'm not a saint. And um, I've, I've done some horrible shit back in my day. Um, but my most horrible breakup session was um, shit. Well, um, I, I I wish her the best. You know, wish this girl the best as much as possible. Hope she she you know gets everything she she wants out in life and everything like that. But um, when so we ended up getting an apartment together, um, and saying we was gonna move in together and all that kind of stuff. She moves in. And um, and I find messages on her phone from another gentleman, right? Pictures and, and whatnot. And so, you know, I confront her about it and, you know, we go back and forth on that and everything like that. And, um, and she was using my, my car to go visit the gentleman. And... Um, and so she ends up leaving, moving out um, about three months into the lease. Um, Coming to find out that there was rent payments that wasn't made and I thought was made and all that kind of stuff. And like, 
it shit killed my credit. Like that shit. I. But now it's you know water under the bridge. I wish her the best. I wish her the love. You know that kind of thing. I didn't want to like yeah. Yeah, fuck her. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll do it for you. <laughs> Yikes. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, that section is always a, a, a like a nail biter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so depressing. That's why um, I go into the next section, which is laughter. So on a dark, stormy day, what's one thing that you can put in your mind that makes you guys laugh? Put it on, on a dark, stormy day. Like you just like something that makes you laugh immediately when you think of it. Like you could be in the worst time in your life and you're just like, <laughs> okay. Oh man, it is. Any instance that me and Drew was hanging out. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know. uh, me and Drew for my birthday, oh my, I had the biggest laugh off of this episode of Family Guy, bro. And uh, it was the smallest skit on Family Guy ever. And it was like, it, and the story behind the episode of Family Guy between me and Drew created an inside joke. And every so often I think on that inside joke and it's like, yeah, that shit was funny. Like, I never <laughs> laughed. I literally laughed for two hours for a five minute clip of Family Guy. And it was crazy. So, Drew? Um, it, there's moments back in the day like where... Fish Ryan? So what? Fish Ryan? <sighs> Man, there are some... In Lewis's room... There were some good, great memories on Jonan and all that stuff. Um, one person, I said his waves looked like a dish rag because he really needed a, a haircut, and it kind of went viral on Twitter across across campus. <laughs> Another guy, we said we called him Toucan Sam because his <laughs> nose was big, and we was in a cafe for breakfast, and he was eating Fruit Loops, and we looked at the Fruit Loops and looked at him, and he got up and walked away hungry. <laughs> Shit like that. Um, they still ain't talked to us. Yeah, no, no, they haven't. <laughs> they really haven't. And we wish them well. Like they, they know it's it's no hard feelings. Um, I think in more like now in my stage of life is um Jasmine's father. Thinking of shit that he says, cause, like oh, Mr. Davis, he's from South Carolina, and he says some off the wall shit. Like <laughs> you know, like he was talking about like house parties back in his days. Like yeah, you know. Back in my day, the house house party, you know, we had a record playing. We had to put pennies and nickels, nickels on it because, you know, niggas be jumping, goddamn. And, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't want the record skipping, goddamn. And it's like, <laughs> just the tween of word of goddamn. It's like, yo, that is some country shit, but it's hilarious. And it's just all genuine laughter. And it's like, I know he's talking, he's blowing smoke up my ass. But it's like, just hearing him talk about shit like that and just things back in his day, and just cracking jokes, stuff like that is funny, too. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis. Love him. <laughs> All right, this is this is the conclusion of the podcast. So I just want you guys to share all the how people can um get in contact with you, um, any upcoming events, um, anything that you guys want to shout out or go ahead. This is your time. Me first. What's up, y'all? This is your boy Los, aka Mr. Crop Circle himself, aka the fat dude that loves food. We are here with the Drew Versus the World podcast. I appreciate you having us on. You can find me on Instagram at Los JM Sense. Uh, no, Big Los 703. That's one Instagram. The other one is JM Sense on Instagram. Um, and then Twitter is Los JM Sense on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. 
And this is your boy, Drew. Um, I am your craft beer swilling. Uh, willing to discuss any open topic at any given time, as long as it's healthy and inspirational to the environment and for people to learn and go from there. Um, but you can find me. I'm not scared of it. So Facebook, Andrew Dill, D-I-L-L, like pickle. Everything's kosher. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Django underscore nerd, D-J-N-G-O underscore nerd, N-E-R-D. Um, you can also find me on Untapped if you're a big craft beer guy. Untapped is like the four square beer. You can check in beers and stuff like that. Same handle, Django underscore nerd. And um, for our podcast, Diapers and Haircuts, the podcast, um, find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DNH Podcast 2019. And you have any questions, concerns, if you want to be on the show, if you want to feature on the show or anything like that, um, email us, dnhpodcast2019 at gmail.com, and we'll go with it from there. We're active on all um, all handles. We're active on major uh, podcast platforms, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Xbox. Xbox, we, we, like, you know, Xbox. we, 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 we do it all. <laughs> and then from there... Um, you know, our episodes, we normally record anywhere between Friday to Sunday and we post every Monday at 4 a.m. Like, share, subscribe us um, and go with it from there. Um, if you don't like something that we say, hit us up. You know, we're, we're, we're all about being a sponge and learning the environment and going with it from there. And we love being a part of other podcasts. We love supporting other podcasts. Drew versus the world is a very, very good podcast. So, Drew, we thank you for having us on. Absolutely. You know, um, Another good JCSU podcast is the Bald Headed Brothers, uh, Marcus and Coot. They 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 got their stuff going on as well too. Yeah. Um, then you know, for us as part of the the Smith family, we try to do our thing. And then as far as any other black podcast across the world, we shout them out as well too. So, you know, we have a platform, and even though our platform is small, we can still do something about it. You know, in some way, I challenge people because we got challenged um to do what we did for george floyd and our thing is like you know right now in this current day, day and age i challenge anyone that is black to use your creative platform, juices yeah. and your platform no matter whatever it is to get the word out and spread the word on equality right go with it from there love it um first of all thank you guys for joining joining um the podcast i it's a it's a pleasure um Definitely a fan. Um, shout out to the Bullhead Bros. They were also on the podcast. We talked a lot of shit. We got very saucy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and on their podcast, I got very saucy. I had too way too much to drink. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so if you ever want to see, a, if you ever want to hear an unfiltered, unfiltered Drew, that's that's where you go. Um, <laughs> uh, but again, I, I like that your point of you know doing something that shows equality. So. Um, by the time this comes out, we will be having the first ever the pull up back to school drive. Nice. Um, this is to help um, underprivileged students have back to um, back to school items. Um, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people haven't been able to get the essentials um, right. because of the funds that are not coming in. So from this Monday, which is June. Seventh is it seventh? Seventh yeah. to um July thirty first, we'll be accepting um donations, um also um financial donations um at um Cash App at well dollar sign help kids learn. Um and then if you have any 
anything you want to send or anything, any question you want to ask, you um, can tap into my company called um, um, Genius. Um, it's, the email is called genius at trulygenius.co um, and send any information that. So that is the pull up um, back to school drive coming to you soon. You'll be Everybody will be seeing information about it because I'm going to blast that shit out so I can get these school kids. Question is, mm-hmm. is that for kids in Charlotte or is that like, like, what's for your... kids in Charlotte right now? No, I mean, right now, so end of the day, like, count diapers and haircuts, and you know, we Absolutely. are Smith children. Okay. Well, two out of the three are Smith children, and we pay homage to Charlotte and all that stuff. We want the youth, the black youth down there, especially on the Ford, you know, we, we want to yeah, make, yeah, man, we want to <laughs> make sure that everybody has what they need. So, count us in, but we're, we're down, okay, for definitely. I'll send you um information and then catch you guys in. Um, and again. It's just this is just a something to help people in need, yeah. um, and I think the youth doesn't have the experience of seeing all this nastiness that's happening around us. Absolutely. But we want to help them, empower them with the education that they need to embolden themselves to do better than we did. Um, okay, so that's I'm off my soapbox. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so the last thing we do on Drew vs. the World is uh, say our catchphrase, which is love, peace, and chicken grease. So I don't know if you guys want to say it together or you guys want to say it separately, but <laughs> go right ahead. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Peace, love, and crop circles. <laughs> <laughs> and for Marcel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's do it all together. Let's do it all together. All right. Yeah, like even from Maryland down to Charlotte, like, you know, it ain't nothing but a drive for us. So if you need us down there, we'll come down because, yeah. you know, states are opening up. Um, and then whatever it is that, that you want to do, like, if you don't mind us shouting out what everything for your cause for, for Charlotte on our next show, we're down for it as well, too. Like, we're, we're down to support and help, especially the young black folks, because they are the future of tomorrow. They need to know that the their elders are here for them and we're trying mm-hmm. to get back to them because... You know, we were once in their shoes and we understand that certain situations weren't given to us. And we want to make sure that everything that we can pass down to them to give them the situation and the tools to be successful in life. I I, I agree with you 100%, but I don't want to be classified as an elder. You're an elder, sir. Guess what? Guess what? what? You're dirty. I'm dirty. Let's let's just let it go, man. You're an elder, all right? Thank you, Drew. We appreciate you. Uh, Always a pleasure, man. Again, um, this has been another episode of Drew vs. the World. Peace.